Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Special shout out to everybody listening on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Um, Shouts out to everybody that may be new, checking out the State of the Saints podcast for the first time. And as people file in, for those that have filed in, I ask that you hit the like button, let everybody know that you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast and all of its content. Um, Today, we're going to be continuing our talk. This is part two of the NFL Mock Draft State of the Saints podcast edition of the show. Uh, If you didn't check out part one, uh, we talked a little bit about the first round and what I felt the New Orleans Saints uh, needed to do with their first round pick. Um, My suggestion was to draft Nolan Smith out of Georgia. And I even talked about the possibility of the New Orleans Saints having to move up and uh, maybe to acquire a guy like Nolan Smith to be able to, uh, you know, add to the pass rush. You know, I think that, you know, I, I think I have to expound a little bit on that. I know some people were a little bit confused because of Nolan Smith's size, you know, as of right now. Uh, But I'm actually looking at this guy, you know, being able to gain a little bit more weight as far as, you know, um, muscle and be able to, you know, go toe to toe uh, with some of those players. But in the meantime, he gives you all different types of uh, athletic ability and skill that you need on the defensive line. And I just think that he has what it takes as of right now, you know, to give you what you want. And then, of course, he'll grow, you know, as an NFL player and become, you know, that elite pass rusher that I think that, you know, he can be. You know, once again, I don't think you have to be 270, 280 to do that. Um, There's some guys that range around, you know, 250 or, you know, 260 still out there getting after that quarterback. So, you know, that's why I was looking at when it comes to the Saints with their first round draft pick. And now we transition to round number two, and we're going to talk a little bit about that because this was the pick that we all – uh, we're looking at for the New Orleans Saints. This was before uh, the New Orleans Saints got a first round pick because of the trade with Sean Payton to the Denver Broncos. So we all kind of uh, wondered what the Saints were going to do with the number 40th pick in the second round of the NFL draft. But of course, we see, um, you know, so many things has happened since, you know, the New Orleans Saints have, you know, got this pick you know at first it was like oh we need a quarterback right we were looking at guys like Hendon Hooker that probably would be there Tanner McGee I mean serious excuse me Tanner McKee would actually be there guys like that but now the Saints have signed Derek Carr and I think that for the most part where our mind is at ease as far as who the starting quarterback is and the stability of that position and also you know interior linemen the Saints have done some things you know uh getting guys like uh, Cullen Sanders and also uh, Nathan Shepard but of course you know we think that the Saints would be able to you know still address that issue uh, some people feel like the Saints in their first round mock drafts they got the Saints taking Kalaja Kansi but the more I look at Kalaja Kansi I just feel like he's going to roll into that top 12 top 15 uh, you know category because of his ability and skills and everything he has been showing uh, as of late but You know, now we move on to round number two. The Saints can go in so many different directions here because of what they added to the team. Um, You know, you can look at the wide receiver position. You know, if the Saints don't decide to draft a a wide receiver in the first round, you know, not going after Njigba, you know, uh, Smith and Jigba, not not rolling, you know, the dice when it comes to that or trying to be as aggressive, you know, to try to acquire a guy like Nolan Smith. You still got some guys in the second round that you can get. Now, Ed Abawe, uh, the defensive tackle out of Northwestern, is a guy that I feel like the Saints 
have their eye on. Um, he he has a really good skill set. He's extremely athletic uh, in the on the interior and also uh, in the interior rather. And if you don't get Kalaja Kansi, he will probably be your next best bet uh, uh, for the interior lineman if you want to go that route. But I just feel like what I've seen at the Senior Bowl, what I've seen at the Combine, all that athletic ability and skills that he have, if he does uh, go in the second round, it's going to be extremely early. I, I think it's probably going to be probably the first two to three picks you're probably going to uh, see Etabawe go off the board. So what do you do there? And you look at your your positions. You, you got guys that you added to the team at safety. Um, you got Lonnie Johnson Jr. You added Jonathan Abram. You still got the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. You got Marcus May. You got JT Gray. So looking at the safety position, I don't know about that. Maybe later on in the draft, you can probably get a guy that can possibly make the team. Uh, if a guy like Etabawe is not is not there anymore, uh, do you roll a dice on somebody else, or do you go with the next best player, or do you just draft for a position of need? And I feel like the New Orleans Saints are going to draft a position of need, and I think it's a position that we have not been paying attention to, and I feel really really confident about this guy that I'm going to talk about. I have the New Orleans Saints selecting in the second round Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas. Drew Sanders uh, is a first-team all-SEC player. Uh, He started his career at the University of Alabama. Uh, He played two years there before transferring to Arkansas, wanted to get a little bit more playing time. And this guy is, you know, very, very underrated if you have not been following um sec football been following arkansas he's a guy is physical he's he's a guy that can you know rush the rush the uh, quarterback and also like i said he has like really good tackling skills and he also gives you something in 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 coverage as you can see right here with this interception that he just he just picked the ball off uh he has really good instincts now the only issue is he's a little bit undersized uh once again like he you know he's around if I'm not mistaken, he at the time he was 233 pounds, but he's a guy that probably you can add a little bit more uh, weight to, and I think that he wouldn't you, you wouldn't have an issue with him uh, being mauled by some of these uh, guards. That was probably the one knock that I seen on him. I seen a couple games in which he was trying to get to the quarterback, but he was unsuccessful because of the size. But I just think that you probably gain a you know put a little bit more muscle on him. This guy flies around the field, man. I mean, look, it, <laughs> this dude just completely like just flies off the, off the tape because I I was actually looking uh, at Jameer Gibbs and I couldn't help but to notice how this guy was playing in the game. And uh, I just started to do a little bit more, you know, research on the guy. And I just liked what I see. I think that he fits that mode of what the New Orleans Saints want in a linebacker. I think that he's that guy that, you know, if you're looking for a guy to replace the reduction of a Caden Ellis and probably give you a little bit more, uh, this is the guy that you probably want to look at, Drew Sanders. Uh, Drew Sanders, to me, uh, is one of those guys who remind me of like Quay Walker, uh, Tremont Edmonds. He, he reminds me of those athletic linebackers like that. And I just think that he's always been good. It's just the fact that you go to Alabama and, I mean, you're competing with other five-star athletes. All right. And uh, you kind of kind of get slid through the cracks. But going to Arkansas, this guy uh, produced and put up some major numbers. Last year, he had 40 solo tackles, nine and a half sacks, three forced fumbles and one interception. So I have the New Orleans Saints going linebacker in the second round and drafting uh, Drew Sanders, a linebacker out of Arkansas. I think that would be a really good pick for the New Orleans Saints. And I think that he'll be a guy that that plays right away and i think that he will contribute in a major way and also you know the saints have had some issues when it comes to the battle of attrition when it comes to the linebackers uh you know we don't know what uh demarco jackson is going to be out of appalachian state i mean he he had a really good solid training camp in his rookie season only for him to be put on ir due to injury and we know that p warner is a really good linebacker but he has been uh dealing with it uh injuries 
And you also have to take into account the Mario Davis, who's still playing at a high level, is still getting up there in age. So you want to get a, a, some young linebackers around him in order for him to be able to do what he's doing. And also those other guys can be out there making plays as well. So that's my pick. Second round, uh, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Let me go ahead and read some of your comments and then we'll just uh, go from there. Let's see uh, who that TJ, you jamming that male waiters. Uh, them young bucks don't know about that. Now, nah, that was uh, Sir Charles Jones, man. Uh, he just mentioned well, male waiters, but I am a, uh, you know, I am a fan of male waiters, you know. I mean, we 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 jam here on the show, okay. Uh, would be okay with Nolan Smith if he didn't have an injury history. Remember Turner and Davenport pre-draft injuries. Well, I don't think Brian, uh, Brian uh, I don't think uh, Nolan Smith has an injury history. I just think that he got injured in college, which was unfortunate. But, I mean, it's not a reoccurring thing. I mean, I think the the fact that, you know, he was going to be a first-round pick before the injury even occurred just is a testament to how good that guy actually really is. He just ended up getting hurt uh, his final season at Georgia. But I don't think he has a history of being injured. Now, we y'all can you can make an argument to say, oh, he got injured in college, he'll get injured in the pros. My my question would be how how consistently was he injured? Um, and he hasn't been injured that much for me to – Look at that as a, a a huge concern. Like a guy like uh, Pete Peyton Turner, who was injured the majority uh, of his college career. Uh, I know the Saints have their prototype defensive end. They seem to have big issues with mobile quarterbacks. Could uh, draft a lighter defensive end help contain the mobile quarterbacks? Charles, look, I, I tell people, and I'm going to continue to tell you, um, the fact is I think that we're looking at the New Orleans Saints through Sean Payton lenses. We think that we understand the team because for the last 15 years, Sean Payton has been a guy that has been making those type of decisions. When it comes to Dennis Allen, I feel like Dennis Allen isn't one of those individuals that is looking at a prototypical defensive end. Uh, he's a guy that, to me, I feel like he mostly cares about guys with speed, athleticism, and have that, that dog in them. You know, And I, I think that you're probably going to see more guys that uh, the Saints draft, they're probably going to be unconventional because a lot of the things that we're seeing this offseason, if you look at it from, you know, from Saints standards, have been uncon um, unconventional. So I say give them opportunity. So I, I don't want to say, oh, the Saints are going to get this guy. The Saints are going to get that guy. This is a new regime. So I'm willing to give them opportunity to have a few drafts under their belt before I determine what type of players they actually like with this New Orleans Saints front office. Uh, do they have a second-round linebacker that jumps off the paper? Well, that I mean, like I said, Drew Sanders is the one that jumps off the paper, in my opinion. You know, I think that he's a guy that flies around the field, does some really, does some really big things, man. And I think that, you know, like I said, he will – he will play right away. And I think that he will become a fan favorite the way that he plays the game of football very, very quickly. And I think that he would be a good, solid pick in the second round for the New Orleans Saints, a, a team that actually needs a linebacker help. If you look at it, it's a little bit thin at the linebacker position for since the exit of Caden uh, Ellis. So you want to be able to give somebody that – you want to be able to get somebody that can give you that type of production, to me, I feel like Drew Sanders can be better than Caden Ellis. Uh, let's see, Mayors, uh, tight end, Osiris, offensive guard, Campbell, linebacker, uh, could be available at 40. Add in Sanders, I can't complain if they get any of those players. Yeah, I mean, look, they got some They got some really good, solid guys out there, but I just look at, okay, I, I look at Campbell, who's a, you know, is a pretty good linebacker, but I just think that when I look at a guy, you know, as far as the Caden Ellis type mode of what the New Orleans Saints actually probably would be looking for during this time, and also give you a little bit more in case a guy like uh, Pete Warner goes down again, this guy would be, to me, he, he checks all, that, all those boxes. I mean, he can cover really, really well. Um, I think I want to say he, he graded maybe an 88. I mean, in coverage, which is pretty pretty good for a linebacker. My biggest issue is his size. I mean, he was 233, but I don't expect for him to remain 233. I expect for the, the team to uh, ax him or get the strength and conditioning coach to work with him and gain, gain that muscle and gain more weight 
And I feel like if he's if he was to do that, he's going to be a real he's going to be a real problem uh, in the NFL. I mean, I think he's that good. Uh, TJ, next time you do a show on a Friday, do Mel Waiters Friday night fish fry. <laughs> All right, I'll look that up, man. I'll look that up. Uh, hey, TJ, hope you're well. What do you think the Saints' greatest need is in the draft right now? I mean, based on what I've seen uh, them doing as far as adding players, I, I would have to say I would have to say linebacker. I would say the linebacker position is just a little thin. Like, they've added guys at safety. They've they got a really good core of cornerbacks, right, in the secondary. I mean, you can get a couple of young guys maybe in the later rounds that can add to your team. But the one position that kind of stands out is that linebacker position. So to me, I think that you have to feel that. And this is what the Saints have been doing. So I, I expect for the Saints to maybe go linebacker in the second round. Uh, let's see. Happy WrestleMania Eve, everybody. Yeah, I'm excited about this, man. I'm excited about WrestleMania. I'm always excited. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been to WrestleMania a couple times, man. It's always fun to actually watch it. It's even fun to be there. Uh, let's see. According to Nick Underhills, it seemed like the uh, prototype thing was a Ryan Nielsen thing, but I do agree that D-line will be different. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think that – I just think that you have to – kind of throw that type of logic out of the window when you're talking about two different people. Like, I just think that Dennis Allen and Sean Payton are two different people. Or if you listen to Sean Payton, he does have uh, his, his, you know, he has his preference when it comes to defensive linemen. I've heard him say this on Colin Carher's show. I've heard him say this uh, several times during, uh, you know, press conferences. I can't say the same thing about Dennis Allen. I don't know what Dennis Allen type is i think dennis allen wants guys that can play really well i think he wants really good football players i don't think that dennis allen is so concerned about people being convinced that he is a genius i I think that a lot of the decisions that sean payton made had a lot to do with ego you know i can get the best out of this guy why you think you know you you go out there and, and and get guys like kevin white or you go out there and try to get guys that who probably had a history of being injured, but watch what I do with this guy. You know, this team had this guy buried on a depth charge. Watch what I do. I just think that when it comes to Dennis Allen, uh, Dennis Allen, like, okay, if you can play, oh, he really good. Okay, let's go ahead and get him out there. It, it's kind of different to me. Um, I, I don't think that Dennis Allen is is driven like that. I think Dennis Allen wants the best players they can possibly get to get the best out of those get the best out of those players because he know he can't uh let's see still not happy uh from the idiots that gave the saints a c plus in free agency but uh that gives uh the bucks falcons and panthers a b ridiculous well look uh, well the best thing about this is you you know this grading scale does not mean anything right it's not a determinant fact of oh your team is going to make the playoffs or not this is just a man-made uh, the grading scale that basically giving people talking points and, and giving people, you know, grades to make the, their fan base excited or giving them grades to make their fan base uh, frustrated. But anyway, it goes is, is dialogue and it, it brings attention to them. So I don't pretty, I don't put too much stock into that. I'm more, I'm more focused on the new Orleans saints winning football games in 2023 and you ain't winning games on a grading scale. Let's see, uh, Campbell and Sanders seem to be like a, a Warner type. Yeah, you know, I, I just think that, you know, you got some guys that can fly around the field, but it, it, it's, it's more than that. It, it's, more, it's more than just flying around the field. It, it's, more, it's more than just that. It's about being smart. It's about being disciplined. And it's about being hungry, you know? And, you know, I, I have a I have a motto going, you know, uh, this this season. It's called no more cold motors. No cold motors. That that's that's what this the motto of the State of the Saints podcast is. You got a bunch of guys out there with athletic ability. They got all the skills that to take it takes to be one of the best in the league, but they too hot and cold. And for the most part, they are cold. So that's the motto. No more cold motors. Give me some guys that that can fly around the field. Guys, motors stay running hot always trying to make a play, never give up no matter what the score is, some dogs. 
right? That, that's what that's what they that's what they need in 2023. No more cold motors. So I'm not I'm not looking at guys that oh they got great upside. Well, Davenport have great upside. You know, it just didn't pan out. You have several other guys that have come to the Saints organization that have had really good upside and it ain't pan out. I want some guys that are good and guys motors that run hot. Right, no more cold motors in 2023. If you ask me, uh, let's see, uh, what about Henry Tutu at linebacker? Well, I'm not really that impressed with him. I'm not, I'm gonna be real, I'm not that impressed with him. Um, he made some plays, but um, he was beating covers quite a bit, and I think that he has a lot to learn. I, I, and I think there's a reason why you know he's probably gonna be a late round draft pick. Um, uh, I, I can't just you know. Look at a guy, be like, oh, he went to Alabama, and he's a linebacker. Well, I mean, he left a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Like, he made, he made a few plays in games, but it was a lot of times where I seen him being in beaten cup. And, uh, you know, that that's something that linebackers are going to have to be able to do in the NFL. I mean, especially the modern-day linebacker. Can't just be, oh, you just a hard hitter or something like that. You know, yeah, you can hit hard, but if you can't cover, you'll never see the field. Uh, Drew Sanders from Arkansas, please. Yeah, I, I like Drew Sanders, man. I think that would be a good pick for the Saints. That's true. Demario could use some help. He's solid. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you don't want to be the team where you just using the, this linebacker and just want to use up all his talent and his ability to you can't do it anymore. You want to you want to allow these guys, these these veteran guys like Cam Jordan and Demario Davis to make plays, play solid. But at this particular point, you know, let them, you know, play good enough to help the team win and let some of these young bulls hunt. That, that's what you want. What about Hendon Hooker? I hope uh, going to be a, well, let me see. I hope going to be healed uh, on his knee up as uh, soon as he can. Uh, if he can get fit on my team with backup quarterbacks, is uh, going to stronger than with offensive strategies and aggressive things for Dennis Allen. Well, based on what I've seen with Jameis Winston being the backup and Derek Carr being the starter, I don't know if the Saints will commit that early to a quarterback. I mean, you already got Derek Carr on, on the roster for three years. And, you know, drafting a guy that early can be an indication. Well, it, it can cause dissension a little bit. Or, you know, if, if a guy ego isn't in check. Now, some people might say, well, you know, you can't worry about that. You got to look to the future, which is true. But my question would be, why would you pay this dude $150 million if you're going to just get a guy this early? If you're just going to get a guy, you know, that early? Says uh, big and long arm prototype defensive ends. Ain't nothing wrong with that as long as these guys can get home. I'm not saying that there's not a place for them, but. I don't think that just should be like the only quality. Oh, you know, they big, they got a long wingspan and they athletic a little bit. Okay. I mean, whatever. Uh, we need a true linebacker to replace Demario Davis. Ellis was a nobody until last season. Zach Boyne can hopefully uh, take Ellis spot, uh, same type of player. Well, look, I'm not going to sit up here and just poo-poo on a guy and say he wasn't nothing. I mean, Caden Ellis always shows flashes, if you want to be honest. I just think that he has some uh, issues with injury is one of the main reasons why, you know, it probably took him a while for him to kind of, you know, uh, you know, turn a corner, but I, I'm not going to sit up here and just say the dude was nothing. You know, I think that he was necessary. I can remember him making plays. I remember, you know, I think we all remember that, that Tennessee Titan game where he hit uh, Ryan Tannehill. They called a rough and a pass a penalty that the, if they wouldn't have called that, then Marcus Williams would have, you know, caught the interception in the back end zone, that probably would have shifted the way the game went. The Saints end up losing that game, and I think they end up losing, you know, if the Saints would have, um, you know, stole a possession from the Tennessee Titans, probably would have been a different story. So I don't, you know, the way I look at it, you know, I, I just look at it like, hey, you know, like how many times, all right, how many times have I, I have we seen you know, guys like Caden Ellis, you know, finally get a contract, you know, light come on, and then next thing you know, they go to another team and they just world beaters. We're seeing that right now with Trey Hendrickson. You know, we're seeing that right now with Trey Hendrickson. So, yeah, that, there you go. 
says uh headed uh to vegas today putting money on the future bet for the saints to win the south this season well <laughs> well that that sounds pretty you know that sounds pretty good hopefully you know what i'm saying hopefully you you make it big and uh you know hope you're right about your prediction uh tj why do teams draft guys who excel at a particular thing in college then put the guy in position to do something completely opposite that then call them a bust when it doesn't work that's a good question i think when teams look at guys and they look at their skill set it probably is a it probably determines you know why they draft the guy even if that guy didn't do what they they saw him do they feel like he has the athletic ability and the skills um you know to be able to do those things um but you know sometimes you know it, it works and sometimes it doesn't but you know but i i don't know i think teams uh look at guys and they look at their athletic ability they look at their skill set they look at the the possibilities like you know for example like anthony richardson right now you know Andrew Richardson probably is going to end up getting drafted because he looks physically imposing. He up here throwing 75 yard bombs down the field and throwing the ball so high, he hitting the top of a ceiling, you know, like, but at the end of the day, like, can you thread the needle? You know what I'm saying? Can you come up with clutch plays? Can you have a high completion percentage? Can you get the ball into the hands of your playmakers? It is, it is much more than just, oh, he can throw the ball 75 yards because let's just be honest. Like, how many times are you going to see a guy throw the ball 75 yards down the field? You're not going to see that quite a bit, but you are going to see a guy, you know, throw like short and uh, intermediate throws, medium throws, you know, might do some play action, throw the ball down the field. But at the end of the day, like, you got to be able to make all the throws and not just, you know, just bombs over, you know, bombs over Baghdad, as, as Jameis Winston would say. You know, so... I don't know. You know, every year a team falls in love with a guy due to his athletic ability. Sometimes it works and sometimes it just does not work. But hopefully, you know, whatever the Saints get, especially like in round number two, hopefully it works out for them. Uh, hey, TJ, hope you're well. What do you think the Saints greatest need? I think I already read that one. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think their greatest need is linebacker. I'm going to continue to say that. Um, let's talk about some of the other guys that are on the marquee that that the Saints could, you know, go in this this, this direction in the second round. Uh, one guy, you know, is uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, running back out of Alabama. Uh, look, we all know the skill set he's been compared to uh, Alvin Kamara, um, his ability to catch the ball out of backfield. Um, there were times where Alabama were kind of sputtering a tad bit, and then you had Gibbs coming to the game, and the next thing you know, you know, he, he's making a big play. He's providing a spark. Now, it, it's something to keep an eye on. It's something to keep an eye on uh, when it comes to uh, Alvin Kamara in his, in his court situation. You know, you want to make sure that you have the right guys in the building in case something was to happen to Alvin Kamara. You want to make sure that you have a, a, a running back that can pick up that slack. Now, Jamal Williams, you know, is a big physical runner now he wants to change that narrative but until he does we just got to call it for what it is and what teams have been using him as that battering ram running back and uh you know you definitely want to get somebody that can compliment him and i think that the saints are probably going to end up you know drafting a running back the reason i don't feel like it would i don't feel like they're going to do it in the second round is because it's such a deep draft for running backs i mean Tajay Spears is there, right? Kenny McIntosh is there. Gibbs is there. Evan Hall is there. I mean, you you got so many different guys. I mean, is it B. John Robinson who's probably going to be gone by the time, you know, probably the mid-15 uh, picks in the draft. So you got a bunch of really talented running backs that can do so many different things. So there's no reason to reach in the second round to get a guy like that especially if you have a guy like Kamara who still has about three years left on his contract and you have a guy like, you know, Jamal Williams, that's a good complimentary back. And you can get a guy later on in the draft that can feel that need that, that you feel like could be missing if something was to happen to Alvin Kamara. So Gibbs is a really good running back. Um, definitely 
um, would be my top running back who I would select um, in the second round based on his ability. Uh, but I don't see the New Orleans Saints uh, reaching for a running back in the second round that early. I, I just don't. Um, I, I think that they feel like they need a running back, but they don't They don't feel like they have to go out there and just roll the dice that early. Uh, another guy um, that I mentioned, uh, Edobawe, defensive tackle out of Northwestern. He is a guy who is big, physical, flashes like, I mean, unbelievable, man. I mean, this guy, like, man, he, he has like a really quick first step for a guy his size. And we – we seen like the 40 time at the at the combine, which is absolutely insane. A, a big man running that fast. Uh, and I just think that once again, it's the Anthony Richardson effect, right? That this guy is is big, he's athletic, he's a freak of nature, the way that he runs, and a team is gonna fall in love with him. And I just think that he will not be there at 40. I don't see a team, I don't see people passing this guy up often. Now you you got so many different talented guys in the first round, so he might slide to the second round, but it wouldn't surprise me even if he's a late first-round pick how talented this dude is. And another guy that was on the list was wide receiver Josh Downs. Now, this is the direction the Saints can go in. Like, if they don't draft a, a wide receiver in the first round, a guy like Josh Downs can be there in the second round. And, you know, Josh Downs, if you ever seen him play, he reminds me, a lot of Kendarius Tony, like he's a guy who's like really shifty, you know, I mean, he can, he can juke you out your shoes. You know what I'm saying? You can't catch him in a phone booth. This will be a good, this would be a good pick for the new Orleans saints. Because if you're trying to get a guy like Shaheed more playing time, right. Let's just say, for example, you, you know, you move Rashid Shaheed and you take, away like his kick return and his you know punt duties you can get a guy like josh downs he can he can service that role and you can also like use him in all different types of ways it opens up the playbook to endless possibilities and like i said i mean he's a really he's a really above average route runner which i feel like he still needs some room to grow which is one of the main reasons i just feel like he's going to be there in the second round but you put the ball in this guy's hand on a wide receiver screen you put the ball in this dude's hands on the jet sweep. You put this b- ball in this dude's hands on a kick return. And uh, he probably going to hit his head on the goalpost, how talented he is. So th- that is something the Saints could look at in the second round. But I look at the wide receiver position, you know, getting guys uh, like Edwards, uh, signing him. You know, Michael Thomas is still there. Chris Olave, the, you know, the, the advent of uh, Rashid Shaheed. And you still got some other guys that are on the team right now. Even though I don't think the Saints are fully satisfied, I think that you still can get guys like in the third round, fourth round, you know, that that fit a certain role uh, that for the New Orleans Saints. So um, that that was the reason I decided to go with a position more of a need uh, than a linebacker. But you know, if they were to draft Gibbs, if they were to draft Downs, if they were to you know get Edelbaway, that would be over the, over the top. Because all of those guys can contribute in a major way, right? But there's no need for you to the to reach for positions that you're okay with at this particular time. Like if the season was to start today, you got some guys that can be extremely productive. So, you know, it's best for you to get guys at at certain positions of need and uh maybe splurge a little bit in the later rounds. And if you can find a guy that's like a diamond in a rough is a plus and we've seen the saints do this over the last couple of years we've seen them get these diamond and rough guys and these guys have contributed late third fourth round picks we've seen it da already get, uh, gave our clues that they're focused on d-line and o-line well you know i mean here's the here's the reality you can't always go by those clues because i can tell you this i remember a couple of years ago uh, the New Orleans Saints needed cornerbacks. We all thought they were going to get cornerbacks. Like, we might ain't about to get cornerback. They're getting a cornerback. Cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. I want to say it was 2021, maybe? twenty. I think it may, may have been 2021. If I'm not mistaken, everybody just thought the New Orleans Saints were going to get a cornerback. You know, everybody thought they was going to get Greg Newsom or, you know, uh, fairly you know uh yeah farley out of uh virginia tech like 
everybody just thought that because Sean Payton stood in front of the media at a golf tournament and said, no, nah, it's imperative that we get a cornerback. And everybody just thought we were going to get one. And the Saints didn't get a cornerback. So at the end of the day, we can't always say, okay, man, that's what they're going to do. They're going to draft that. They end up getting Peyton Turner. So, and we ain't even, we ain't even think about that. We were like, man, you know, why are they going out here getting Peyton Turner when they need a cornerback? But they did. So we can't always like look at what they're saying and be like, man, that's what they're going to do. I mean, because if they're, you know, and honestly, if he mentions that, they still got a first-round pick, so maybe they will address that in the first round. Uh, yo, yo, TJ, what is up? Hope you and your viewers are well. Do you believe the Saints O-line is set for uh, next year? Who is your uh, starting five? If not, which position needs the upgrade? Thanks. Who that? Well, look, I think the Saints definitely need help at on the offensive line. It's not so much about the guys that are on offensive line aren't capable of doing their job. It's just history has shown us like these guys can't play together <laughs> for a long period of time. Like we go into the season thinking that our offensive line going to be all right, you know, but it then turns out that, you know, guys start to get hurt. You know, they, I can't remember the last time I seen the Saints starting offensive line be together. And uh, to answer your question about who I feel like it's going to be, if you're asking me, I mean, it's the usual suspects. You got Trevor Penn at the left tackle. You got Andrews P at guard. You got Eric McCoy at center. You got Cesar Ruiz at right guard. And then you got Ryan Ramchick at right tackle. I, I think that that's probably going to be your starters. Um, you know, you can always draft a guy, but I just feel like you're probably going to end up getting a guy maybe in one of those later rounds. One guy that I'm looking at, to be honest with you, is, uh, you know, uh, Mark uh, Evans, if I'm not mistaken, out of uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. You know, like guy like that. You know, might end up going falling to the New Orleans Saints, you know, in one of those later rounds, and he can probably just kind of alternate until, who knows, you know, Andrews Pete, this is the last year of his contract, so maybe the Saints might end up doing that. You know, we've we seen that before, right? They end up drafting uh, Cesar Ruiz, I think, and they got rid of Larry Warford, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, we've seen guys, you know, we think they were going to end up being the starters, and then the Saints end up drafting somebody and make another guy, uh, you know, make him, I guess, like susceptible of being released or susceptible of being traded. Uh, Peyton be reaching for players in the draft. Oh, yeah, he, he definitely – if he in love with a player, he don't care. Like he he don't care. He he gonna draft him. Uh, one of the NFL uh, uh, ESPN analysts mock had us taking BJ Algilari out of uh, in the first. Well, I mean, look, if you could get um, him out of you know out of LSU in the first round, that would be a plus, you know. But we'll see. You know, like I said, I'm not gonna say oh the Saints don't draft LSU players because once again, I'm gonna give them opportunity to uh, prove otherwise, right? I mean, we didn't think that they wanted LSU players, but we had Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry on the team last year. So, I mean, history has a way of changing. Well, not history has a way of changing. Uh, the future has a way of changing. Uh, Johnson is a, a good late round uh, at a running back. We were talking about uh, out, of, um, out of Texas, right? If I'm not mistaken, is he out of Texas? You know, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, the the big physical running back uh, out of Texas, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a. If we're talking about the same guy, yeah, I think he's a he's a good running back. TJ, did you see any O line uh, prospects at the Senior Bowl? I mean, you see quite a, a bit of them, man. You know, I seen uh, Torrance out there. You know, man, you, every, like for the most part at the Senior Bowl, I seen quite a bit of guys. You know that that everybody has, you know, has seen or has talked about. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was this um, offensive lineman out of North Dakota State who I feel like is probably going to be end up being like a late-round pick. Uh, that's that's a, He's a guy that stood out, um, definitely stood out, like six, seven, six, eight. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, man, I've seen like the same usual suspects, you know what I'm saying? I've seen – uh, Perry Johnson out there. I seen um, Osiris Torrance out there. Um, I mean, all the all the offensive linemen that probably not going to be there. You know, I, I seen out there, and 
I will say this. Um, these defensive linemen that they had at the senior bowl, man, those offensive linemen were working them boys. Like, I, I don't care. Like, I, I ain't seen – I take that back. Ed Abawe stood out when it comes to his one-on-one -on -one matchups going up against the offensive linemen. But the rest of those guys were getting straight-up pancaked out there. So, those offensive linemen were on it. <laughs> and it tells me that no matter what – what uh, peak that you get and what round you might find yourself a pretty decent offensive lineman. Uh, T I already read that uh, the Saints need depth. I mean, all teams need depth if you want to be honest. I mean, you don't know how the season is going to pan out. Injuries always occur. Things happen, you know, so you definitely need some some depth. So that's why I feel like, you know, if you draft the offensive lineman, nothing wrong with that. I mean, you definitely need some depth on, on the offensive line. Uh, so that that would be something that I feel like the Saints may may need to address, you know, going forward. You know, you you got some guys out there uh, that you end up picking up, you know, due due to uh, free agency. But I I don't th I think there's nothing like a young offensive lineman, you know, a guy that can grow in your system and end up being pretty pretty talented. Like Will Clapp was a guy, right? Will Clapp play on every, every position on the offensive line and then finally got himself paid for the charges, you know? So, you know, I'm, uh, that's if the Saints can do that again, replicate that, I wouldn't have no issue with that. Uh, I think they need more veteran competition on the offensive line. They seem soft at the guard position. I Look, I, I think competition is always good no matter what position uh, you play. Uh, but I do agree that, you know, competition – would probably be beneficial. You know, I think that on the offensive line, you got guys that are mainstays and they're making a lot of money. Majority of the Saints' uh, <laughs> money is on the offensive line, if you want to be honest. I mean, you know, Eric McCoy got paid, Ryan Ramchick uh, got paid, Andrews Pete, Ben paid, you know. So, you know, good competition, you know, would be well. But the thing about it is there's such a drop-off between the starter and the backup. So, how can a, that backup push this guy to the absolute limit? I'm talking your starting offensive line. How can this guy push that person to the limit when your starter is probably leaps and bounds better? I mean, unless you like, you know, one of the worst left tackles or right tackles or guards in the league, you know, then maybe, you know, you, they can push you. But for the most part, each one of these guys, like regardless if you like anybody on the offensive line or not, Every last one of these guys on the Saints offensive line would be a starter for all 17 games, no matter what team they go to. That includes Andrews Pete for all the people out there that may not be Andrews Pete fans. Uh, but let me ask y'all, you know, before before we get up out of here, what do you what do you all think as far as the second round? What do, how do you see the second round going? What what do you feel like the Saints' biggest need is? Who who's a player that stands out to you? Uh, you know, let me know. You know, another guy that I was I was thinking about putting on, um, you know, the thumbnail for today's show was Jonathan Domingo. Jonathan Domingo is a guy that I feel like is a, a big physical guy. He's a good 50-50 ball guy. And he probably would have been on my list if the Saints didn't go out here and get Brian Edwards. If they wouldn't have got him, then I probably would have, you know, had Jonathan Domingo uh, going to uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, in that second round, because I still feel like the Saints needed a little bit of, you know, what you may consider, might consider a insurance policy, right? You know, because, you know, you want Michael Thomas to be upright. You want to hope that Michael Thomas can play all 17 games, but we've seen that that hasn't been a case. So you want to kind of protect yourself. And then having a guy like Jonathan Mingo who can come in, and you don't know, even if it does pan out, you don't know what Michael Thomas will want to do in 2024. So that will give you an opportunity if you can't reach an agreement with Michael Thomas uh, for next season. Then, you know, you still have a guy that can pick up the slack and maybe make some plays and the team won't have too much of a drop off. Uh, let's stop playing games. We need to be a run first offense. Well, that's not going to happen. Like you, you don't go out there and pay that type of money to a guy like Derek Carr if you're just gonna, uh, you know, hand the ball off all day, all night. Now, I feel like the Saints are probably going to try to run the football a little bit more in 2023 because 
most defensive coaches that you see, they want to inflict physicality on the opposition, right? You have offensive-minded coaches who are probably more finesse. They want to put the ball in the air, allow wide receivers to make their little pillowettes and do all this athletic stuff to get us all excited. But, you know, when you look at a defensive-minded coach, they don't care about a phone boot game. Like, they don't care. Like, if the, the game ended six to three, they wouldn't care, right? Because they they want to be able to, you know, impose their will defensively and make sure that the offense of the opposing team doesn't move the football. But, you know, when an offensive-minded coach, they want to put up 40 points a game, right? And if the other team putting up, you know, just as many points, they just want to go out there and counteract what they're doing. So, um, you know, I just think there's different philosophies. Uh, philosophies. So if they run a football next year, you know, it's probably because, you know, Dennis Allen probably wanted to do that more. I think the Saints need an injection of speed across the board. I agree with that. You know, I think their defense uh, was disciplined, good, but not as fast as you would want a defense to be. I think now, you had some guys out there that was pretty fast, but I think that you needed to add a little bit more uh, of speed, especially when it comes to the defensive line. Uh, I think somebody mentioned this before, and, and we've mentioned this on several occasions here on the show, that you, you when you went up against athletic running quarterbacks, you know, it was hard for some of those ends to track those guys down. They were able to get around that corner. Um, and also, you know, they was able to run the ball up the middle and stuff like that at times as well. So maybe like some of these newer athletic defensive tackles that they have can be able to give them that spark and maybe they can get back to being that team that don't allow 100-yard rushes more consistently. Uh, TJ, you think free agent guys like Leonard Floyd, uh, Justin Houston, uh, yeah, I mean – uh, or are they going to uh, get signed before or after uh, draft? Um, what do you think about Ndokwe? Um Look, I think Ndokwe is pretty good. I think Ndokwe, I, I, I'm I'm kind of nervous about him, though, because he was a dog and a monster when, he, you know, when he was playing pretty much with empty pockets. Then when he started getting paid, I just felt like, I don't know, maybe the passion – wasn't as much as it once was when you was just, you know, making a bare minimum by NFL standards. So I don't know, man. Um, guys like Justin Houston, I'm not mad at that. I mean, he's still up there in A's, but he's still out there making some noise. Uh, Leonard Floyd, I mean, still a decent linebacker slash pass rusher. But I, I just think that at this particular point, if or I'll put it like this. If those guys are still out there and you haven't addressed like some of the, the the needs that you have, maybe you couldn't find it in a draft. Maybe you're not willing to like just overexert yourself or try to just take a fly on this guy. Then yeah, I mean that's that's what it's for. I think a, a lot of these guys who don't have teams right now probably going to end up making teams after the draft because teams what they do is they try to see if they can actually find that guy that can fill that void before they have to go out here and pay at least a veteran minimum. If you can get a guy that can give you some level of production and you don't have to overexert your finances, you're probably going to do it. But if you have no choice, then you're probably going to call in Doc Way. Uh, you're probably going to call Justin uh, Houston or Leonard Floyd. So that's just how it works. Uh, Roll your boy, Traquan wants a new salary. Well, I mean, you probably might have to find a new team to do that. B.J. Ozilari from LSU. Molly Maul, yeah, because he wants the quarterback three money. <laughs> I hope not. I hope he don't want that. Uh, Yannick uh, can uh, can get you about eight sacks a season. Yeah, I mean, look, they got some talented guys out there, you know, and I don't think I've seen these many athletic edge rushers come out at the same time in a while. You know, these guys are some freakish athletes, you know, playing – their position and being as big as they are. Uh, we're going to read a few more comments, then we're going to get up out of here. It says, uh, who that? Hey, who that? I think uh, we're going to shock everyone this year. I'm excited about Cardo. Look, I'm excited about what this season could be. You know, like, I'm always excited at the beginning of the season because everybody's zero and zero. It's up to the, the organization to keep this energy and keep this positivity going 
by going out there playing some games and winning. But if they can't do that, then hey, guess what? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a very disapp uh, very disappointed to fans. But as of right now, I mean I'm excited about what it can be. Uh, what are your thoughts about the NFC South division rivals on uh, group chat? in may 11th because they released the 2023 schedule uh tj just let me know if you're going to make it happen on the state of the saints um what are my thoughts about the nfc south rivals on the group chat i i'm really paying that much attention to them to be honest with you man i, I look i don't i don't pay that much attention i used to but not anymore man i really like i'm i'm more focused on what the, what the team is going to do I mean, I keep my ear to the streets as far as my knowledge of the NFL, but a bunch of back and forth banter, like it's not going to win anybody any games. But as far as like the, the season schedule coming out, I mean, of course, we'll do something here on the State of the Saints podcast and uh, towards the, you know, end of training camp. That's when we release what we feel like the Saints record is going to be. So that's going to happen like later on down the line. But I mean, all these teams in the NFC South, they, they need some work. So every fan base, they can talk about, oh, this team, my team better than your team, blase, blase. But everybody needs some help. I mean, this this division was was garbage last year. It was not very good. Like bad quarterback play, undisciplined teams, firing, firing coaches, interim coaches up in this thing, quarterback one week, backup quarterback the next week. So everybody has some issues, if you ask me, when it comes to uh, the NFC uh, South Division. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. On the next episode, we're going to be focused on round number three, part three of the SOTS Mock Draft Edition. So uh, hope you all enjoyed uh, this episode. Uh, previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. If you didn't check out part one, it's available right now as well. Uh, you can interact with me on Facebook.com, search the State of the Saints Podcast Network. And you can also follow me on Twitter if you want to interact there at TJAYJones8. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?